Welcome to The Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 56, Continuous Improvement and What's Missing from Your Continuous Improvement Training with Amitha Sherwood. How do people begin their continuous improvement journey? For many of us, it was in a training class, and many of us help other people get started by delivering training. How equipped are people after their training to tackle real-world improvement? Amitha Sherwood has been helping people start their CEI journey for a while now, and she has some great insights into how we can improve that continuous improvement training. Amitha Sherwood, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Thanks, Bella. I'm so excited. I'm glad to have you here. I'm really interested in the topic of training because I think that's how a lot of people start their continuous improvement journey, isn't it? You start out in some kind of a training and that can set the tone for people's uh, reaction to what lean continuous improvement, lean segment are all about. So tell us about how you got involved and interested, first of all, in, uh, in lean six sigma and then about your involvement with training. Yes, definitely. Um, I agree. You know, people's experience with CI often is based on what they were exposed to with training. Um, So just a little bit about me and my my journey with CI. So um, I've been actually working in continuous improvement for over 20 years now. Um, I started at the very beginning of my career. I was with GE Capital in one of their leadership programs. It was called the Information Management Leadership Program. And these are two-year kind of intense programs to to build, develop uh, future leaders, particularly this one happened to be within an IT kind of function. But within that program, one of the things that um, we were all exposed to was we were all trained and certified as Six Sigma black belts. And um, so it was for me really early in my career that I realized I loved this quality continuous improvement element this IT stuff didn't seem to be so interesting anymore. Um, so, and, you know, at, this was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, at the time, you know, GE had a pretty rigorous program around, you know, what was then really just traditional Six Sigma. You know, they, we called it quality at that time. Um, and so it was a, an intense, you know, four-week training program, very engaging, um, a lot of, you know, exercise and activities, but also very statistical in nature. Um, And it was, I remember, you know, I had had some exposure to statistics in college as an undergraduate. And of course, I kept thinking, what is all this? It feels so theoretical. And I'm not really, I'm not going to be predicting the weather. I mean, I just remember we used to use weather as as the example or the scenario. Um, And it was when I got into that, that black belt training and experience where it just clicked as why you know, using things like statistics really is valuable, you know, when you think of work as processes, when you then collect data. So that really helped me bridge that gap from thinking statistics or feeling like it wasn't that valuable to really seeing where that value is. 
Um, and so in the early part of my time with GE, really most of my time was spent applying the tools, you know, and really working projects on, and, you know, in that environment, it was, I will say it was a great environment to learn um, and to be exposed because they had a pretty mature kind of program. There were people to support you doing your, your uh, black belt project work. Um, but at, on, on the same, on the other side of it, you know, it was pretty rigid and pretty structured. And it felt sometimes like you had to check boxes to, to be, you know, to complete, you know, a project or to, you know, really get kind of whether it was credit or just be recognized that you were doing improvement work. Um, so in the beginning, you know, it did feel a little bit sometimes like the checking the box scenario. Did, did you feel, and because a lot of people have talked about the GE program and the pluses and minuses of that program, did you feel that there was more of a, of a focus on getting people trained and getting them those belt certifications than in making improvements in the organization? Or was there a pretty good balance there? So I will say, I think my experience being in a, within this leadership program may have been a little different than maybe someone in the GE environment who was exposed to you know, Six Sigma and continuous improvement. I think the answer might lean towards yes for someone maybe yeah. in just a role that they were, you know, that they were then being developed as let's say a green belt or a black belt. And yes, right, there was a focus on, there were, you know, kind of structured and rigid requirements on what constituted certification, right? What benefits your projects had to have and going through, you know, formal toll gate reviews and panels and things of that nature. In, in this leadership program, I think because we were within this context of being built as these future leaders, um, I will say my experience was, you know, yes, there was a, a focus on getting the certification, being recognized as a belt level, you know, within the business. Um, but I will, I think I had some really good opportunities to apply the tools just in the work I was doing within IT. You know, for example, a couple examples, like, you know, I was doing a project on um, IT infrastructure. So making sure, you know, how do we make sure servers and, and um, databases and, and power sources were, you know, mini we minimize mm -hmm. risk in that infrastructure. And this was before so much was cloud-based and all of those things. But so, you know, we use tools like FMEA to, to go through that process of identifying where those vulnerabilities were, then finding which are the areas that we need to maybe have some backups and some you know, backup power sources or whatever it might be. So I was able to really er learn early on that it's really about just using a structured thinking process to, to do any type of work. It might be solving a problem, but it might be in this case, figuring out where there's vulnerabilities um, in infrastructure. So I think my, my experience might've been a little bit more balanced, which may not have, been, again, because I think being in this program, we were just encouraged to, you know, apply the tools outside of a formal project. So that I think was very valuable for me um, because it also helped me realize, you know, it doesn't, there's not only one way to do this. Right, and, and then what you were, so what you were really learning was this way of thinking and the tools that relate to that way of thinking are valuable in day-to-day -day work. It's not about, I have to have a project to get this work done. Or, yeah. or, 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 or to use this. And, and I do think that that is kind of a uh, an issue out of a lot of, sort of traditional continuous improvement training is, well, you've got to do a project. Well, a project is a really good way to practice using the, 
the tools that especially practice the new way of thinking right but then if that leads to everything has to be a project and if and the thing that we i ran into in my company with doing this was because the business was moving so fast you might start a project and then honestly the business might go in a different direction you would never get to finish your project and i remember having right. some very frustrated green belts who literally could never finish their project because the business just decided to go somewhere else but if you were using this way of thinking in your daily work. I mean, that's radically different, right? right? I think that's that's the intention. And I agree. I think, you know, what I still see, right, 20 plus years later, I still see, um, and when an organization, especially it's a little bit earlier in their maturity and CI, there's still this focus on, you know, certifications and application to, the, to a project to get a certification. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I think there's value in that because there is a, you know, you are applying and you really, to me, CI is not about just the, the training aspect, right? That, and I know that's kind of what our focus of our discussion is, the yeah. training aspect, but that's just one piece of it. You know, it's really about trying and and just applying it and sometimes applying it and making a mistake, you know, and, and mistakes are okay too, because it's just, that's a way we learn. And I don't know that that's always something that, you know, gets gets really supported as much as just here's some training go do a project that's how you certify and that's what this CI stuff is about where I think over my many several years of being you know in CI I, I I've learned right that's not that's not all of it that's that's a part of it so you you when we were talking about doing this podcast you talked about things that are missing from training what's what's not there that perhaps should be in training or, or maybe not even in training sort of the larger approach of introducing people to continuous improvement so what are those aspects that you think that we're missing that we should be paying more attention to yeah so you know i i there's probably several things you know in in, in ways to answer the question um if we're thinking kind of more just some of the training related aspects uh, I know early, so when, when, with my experience being developed as a, a quality or CI practitioner, you know, I, I think, so the, the black belt program, right? The four week program, that was something I went through with GE many years ago. And I actually ended up going through it twice because there was a, they shifted the, the approach to the training from a business unit. And then they did a corporate, you know, standardize around the a corporate model. So we ended up doing black belt training twice, which is probably unusual, but that was actually a pretty rounded experience. So my, my, what I mean by that is, you know, we were exposed to project management skills. We were exposed to um, just basics of understanding finance, you know, how, when you're working these types of efforts, how do you connect that to potential, you know, benefits, not always that they have to be something hard in, in nature. Um, we were exposed to um, general pr like presentation skills, right? How do you present? And we were actually, you know, put through mock toll gates and presentations just to really build that ability to communicate effectively. Because as we all know, CI has a language of its own. Mm -hmm. Not everyone speaks that language. So if, if we're not able to convey, you know, some, a lot of times what I tell and share with people that I work with and coach, I say, okay, so what does that mean in English? And I know that's a, that's a U.S., you know, mostly what I, I work with folks in the U.S., but, you know, what does that mean? Because it's one thing to explain it in this, in our CI terminology, we can use 
waste terms of waste. We can use, you know, um, uh, sigma levels, right? We can talk about the standard deviations or whatever it might be. But again, how does that translate um, to someone that may not understand that or really, you know, be steeped in that again, or leaders? What, what's the key points? Um, so some of those areas around whether it's presentation, leading teams, I'm finding as people who are younger and earlier in their careers are, are being developed, um, some of the areas that they seem to struggle with a little bit are just things like leading a team of people, um, especially if there's oh, yeah. people on their team who are more senior to them, right? If they're more of an individual contributor, but they have managers on their team um, or even just effective communication. You know, I think we're, we're in a world where we're so used to things like texting, emails. I mean, we, we almost think of in-person communication as that last, like, or sometimes don't even think about it. Um, so just, you know, that idea of how do we communicate effectively and make sure people are getting the information they need, but not only getting it, you know, understanding it, comprehending it, and especially if we need, need, need some action behind it. Um, so, you know, some of those just, I guess you, you know, people like to call them the soft skills. I don't know that that's always the best term, but they're you know, not, they're not. No, yeah. right. Because I think they're so, you know, to, to do CI work effectively, it's not the technical tools and skills that are often where the gaps are. It's these other moving people in the say in one direct, in a direction, right. Trying to get people with different backgrounds, perspectives, to move in a you know relatively uh, forward direction, it, you know to, to achieve a goal, mm -hmm. working with your leaders to communicate right what 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 we're finding as a team, what I need from you as a leader, what changes should be made and why they should be made and why you should let us make these changes, you know things of that nature. Um, it just those are the things I'm seeing as kind of missing. It seems like these things have been stripped out, and it's just a focus on. Here are the technical tools. You know, we're trying to minimize how much time people are away from training, uh, and so I, you know, some of those areas around just team leadership, communications, um, you know, maybe some basic project management skills, you know, things of that nature just seem to have um, don't not be a part of these this this part development. That is such a, a strong pull these days to reduce the amount of time spent in training, because when you you were talking about a, a four week a black belt course. Um, I don't know that that happens all that much anymore. Uh, if people are doing something that's a, that's a four week course, it may be, you know, an hour or two every day over the course of four weeks. It's, it's not that it's not that long period of time away from your daily work. And, and maybe that's a good thing in that, you know, if you take people out of their daily work for too long, you can kind of get almost in this fantasy environment, right? Where right. you, lose that connection with what's actually happening in the workplace. So, you know, getting people back into the workplace as quickly as possible makes it makes a huge amount of sense. Uh, but what you're saying, I think, is inc is incredibly important, because when we think about why these initial projects struggle, it's sometimes it's because somebody is, you know, they they didn't do enough measure in their measure stage, right? But more often, it's because they had a hard time getting their data because they didn't know how to sit down with somebody and say, you know, tell me what's going on, you know, share your data with me. If it's not something you can pull from an already available database and how many of those really exist, right, then um, not having those people skills, right. you know, that's that's really a challenge. And I love what you're saying about presentation skills, because one of the things that I observed, especially with 
with, as you're saying, people who are newer in the workplace, was that sometimes at a stage gate, this would be their first time presenting to senior leadership. Yes. How terrifying, how absolutely terrifying. And even if senior leadership was doing their best to be kind, receptive people, it was still extraordinarily terrifying right. to people to be able to stand up and, and uh, you know, tell their story and, and give that coherent story. So it sounds like, like, like Amitha, that what you're saying, though, is, is in a way, training needs to be not needs to be more comprehensive, but it probably also needs to be adapted. How lean is this? Adapted to the needs of the customer who's the person being trained, right? right. So somebody comes in, you know, very strong in their communication skills, you know, maybe they don't need as much support, but, they, but somebody who is really struggling to get the words out of their mouth or the words down on a on paper, I, it's a, it's going to need more support. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I, again, there's there's a the the view that you know we need to standardize kind of training, right? Everybody needs to get the same or similar experience. And I see value with that because you can't, you know, it's really hard to manage uh, one-offs, right? You, it's I don't know that we could really be doing unique, um, you know, trainings for for individuals. But I think that's where something like coaching is so important because it's really through that coaching relationship that a coach can really then understand where somebody's strengths, where are the places that they might need some help or not feel as comfortable. Um, and, and I've seen it, you know, where somebody's really great with the technical tools, right? Maybe they, they have, maybe they're an engineering background and that this, some of these concepts come much easier to them or mm -hmm. more comfortable because they've seen it maybe in an academic situation where they do a lot of this in their daily work but they struggle with leading teams or communicating information um, to different audiences, right? Engaging stakeholders, um, things of that nature, uh, facilitating, right? Uh, working sessions. And that those might be areas that that person needs. Somebody else who's a really strong kind of project manager, maybe confident in leadership skills, but they do tend to struggle sometimes with which tools can I really apply to bring structure here you know, and those might, there might be someone that kind of is the jumps to the solutions and is, you know, so wanting to get to that point where you're, you know, as a coach, right, just kind of asking them, well, how do we know those are the right solutions? How did you really get there, right? How, what's the evidence that tells us that's what we need to do? And then having to kind of somewhat bring them back to really follow the framework, you know, the problem solving framework. So it, you know, each person's needs and, and development areas are unique. I'm not sure all of it could be addressed in a training, but I think that's where that coaching is so important um, because that's where the, I think I, at least for me as a coach of, you know, for, for several, many years, that's where you learn where people's strengths and where their, where their needs are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we're talking about this, you know, it really is, is becoming clear to me that what we're talking about is in the context of the continuous improvement training and in coaching, if you can provide that, what you're doing for somebody is more than giving them that opportunity to, you know, to put the green belt plaque or the black belt plaque or certificate up on the wall. What you're really doing is what you experienced in that uh, leadership course you, in your first experience, which is how to be 
a better organizational leader. So someone who can lead a team, someone who can communicate a message, someone who can um, translate technical language into non-technical language for people who need it. And hopefully somebody who can see how, the, how their work fits into the bigger picture. So you're not just making belts, you should be making better leaders. And whether they're people who are going to end up being people leaders or whether they're people who are just going to be, as a lot of people are, are you know, moving in and out of different teams, doing different kinds of projects, because work is becoming so much more project-based, you're really helping them um, take that next step. Yeah, but, absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I kind of think I, a couple of years ago, I, I'd uh, written a blog that really just helped me reflect on, you know, this 20 plus year journey. And I, you know, I put, I, I really thought of it as there's kind of, there was three stages that, that I felt like I really could recognize in the early parts of a CI journey. You know, there is this idea of it's, it's about the tools, it's about the application of them, right? And it's, and to some extent, you know, I feel like that is important because it's just how you learn to really apply the, the thinking and whether you're you know, a DMAIC person, you know, whether it's PDCA type approach, you know, that just a problem solving framework, um, you, you know, going through that, then the, the, you mentioned, you know, seeing where their work fits in the bigger picture. So then I call that next stage, like the bigger picture and realizing there's more than just this idea of training a project work, but there's, you know, there's got to be kind of an infrastructure around CI work. You know, it has to be really something we're doing that meet, links strategically. We have to make sure our leaders understand the thinking, really, hopefully they have, there's some behavioral change in them where they're asking questions and, you know, looking for, for answers versus giving answers, you know, things of that nature, understanding work as value streams, things of that nature, where that's something you know, that's really critical. And of course, just this idea of giving people, you know, not only empowering them, but confidence to, to just do CI at any time, right? There's no definition of what's the right way to do it versus the wrong way. Like, again, everything doesn't have to be a project. And then really for me, the, the recent several years is all about developing people, right? And that's one of those lean tenants, like the respect for people. It's, this mm -hmm. is CI at the core. It's just about people. And it's about people looking at things differently, right? Wanting to see improvement in their work, you know, note having some skill sets to do it, being supported to do it. You know, it's just this idea of like you said, just be building people, developing people and developing that, them as leaders, even if they may never actually be in a people leader role. Yeah. So I think you've really, you've really like gotten to the, what I like to say is the center of, of lean, right? You know, I always talk, this is this podcast is the edges of lean, but it, we often come back to the center and the center is about, it. this is, it's about developing people. And by doing the work, you have all these opportunities to, to, to develop skills, to learn how to do things that help you be uh, a better, more effective person um, that can go and solve lots of problems in all different kinds. Of right. places. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think there's so much application of, you know, being someone with a CI skill set, even just in a daily life, right? Personal lives, if it means we're better listeners, right? That's, that's something that's going to benefit, hopefully benefit us in any aspect of life. If it means we, you know, whether we serve a volunteer organization, we can bring our skills there. Um, you know, whether, it, whether it's setting up processes for your family to, 
um, you know, to be able to, you know, have a chore chart or, or have a way to consistently, you know, manage things in your household. And there's just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I personally feel that CI kind of skill set mindset um, just has such a broad value in, in, in many aspects of our lives. So if you were, and I'm sure you are, if you wouldn't ask right now to design, and I won't call it a training program, but sort of an introduction to continuous improvement for, let's say, for a new organization, how would you start? That's a really good question. Um, I would probably have questions, you know, ah. because I'm not sure I could just design one that says this is the right thing. Now, I think there are some general basics around, you know, what does it mean? What does CI mean, right? And but it it and I would want to know well, what is what is what is your what are your needs, right? Why why do you think CI is going to help you as an organization, you know? And for some, it might be well, we're growing and you know we're we're needing to really build more structured processes to meet that growth. Um, for others, it's we're really, you know, profit margins really struggling right now. We need to figure out how to, you know, how to really um, improve that. Um, you know, in others, it's we've got complaints, we've got returns. So it, I think it's, I, I'd have to ask questions and then be able to try to hopefully set it up in the context that, well, based on where your organization is and maybe some of the challenges you're facing right now, you know, here's how CI can and, and could fit. Um, it, you know, I'd probably want to talk a lot more about, especially if early, when, you know, early kind of an intro to CI often starts with leadership level. I would want to talk more about what does it mean for you as a leader to support mm -hmm. CI work, right? And, and maybe share, here's question, like, here's how you may want to, you know, oversee CI work, you know, about here's questions you may want to ask, um, you know, this idea of, you know, being able to observe and go to the workplace, but also going and asking questions versus saying, why are you doing it that way? So that might be something I would want to incorporate in, you know, a intro with, with more of a leadership group. If it was more of a, whether it's mid-level or frontline level, um, you know, again, try to understand what are some of your daily challenges um, that just feel like you're, you're, they're preventing you from being the best you could be at your, at your, on your, in your role or at your job every day. Then based on that, how does CI support and fit that and, you know, get basic Here's the, the problem solving framework, right? Here's some of the maybe basics around the language and the, um, the methodologies, but hopefully really try to make that connection of how does it, how's this gonna benefit you? Why is this gonna really help you? Because I think if you don't start with that, then people do see it as I'm being told I have to do this. Okay, I will do it. And you know, sometimes that they're not as connected with how, that. It's really something that can benefit you daily. Right. It's good. Yeah. It can, then it's, well, this is what management is doing this quarter. If I just hang on, it, it'll go away and it will do something else next quarter. Right. So, um, yeah. So you want, you really want to avoid that. And, and as, as you are digging into what's your problem that you would like to get solved, then you can build some, build some really good buy-in. So it sounds like you're not, you're not saying, Hey, take, you know, five or six high performers and throw them into a black belt, in a green belt and then black belt training. You're saying, you're saying start with the leadership, start with leadership and um, find out what they want to solve and then get them to start asking questions and stop telling, which is a tough thing to do sometimes to meet yes. that. So 
No, and you can't you can't teach that in a you know a few hours maybe of time with leaders right in a training or a, or a introductory discussion. You can't teach it and, and expect that that happens immediately. But it's at least a way to start the conversation. Yeah, I wanted to ask you and I you and I had a little bit of a conversation about this about um, using simulations and games in training. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll see this off with a, an experience that I've, I've had a number of times with training with um, the kind of game where you put people into a fake process that doesn't work and then you give them, you know, several opportunities to improve the process and people usually figure out how to improve it. And sometimes you can do that with um, giving them a little bit of uh, of, of data and statistics work to do while they're doing it. As long as you do it without doing that but you know you generally time how long it takes to do something and some measure of quality and at the end of four hours or so they have dramatically improved the process and everybody's really excited my experience with that though is that people walk out of that room and go well that was really great <laughs> but honestly we're never going to change our processes that much and you know they they look at it as being fun but useless um yeah. And I was wondering, what's your experience with games and simulations and training and, and the, the relative value of them? Um, so great question. And I think I, I think I see that being more of an aspect because there's, you know, especially in the past few years, but, you know, even longer than just about, you know, since 2020, but there are a lot of organizations wanting to move to either an e-learning or a blended type mm -hmm. approach. Um, and, you know, and again, I don't know that that's wrong. I think just understanding where we are with our technology driven world, you can't expect people to be in a classroom for four weeks. And even if they're spread across several months, it just understanding this is probably just the way we're going and need to go, right? Even I will say, if I was asked to uh, sit in training for days on end, I mean, I just don't know that it would be effective for me either. So, you know, I do see the use of these games and simulations being much more um, present, you know, in these types of blended learning programs. I like that they allow people to practice immediately. You know, I really like that. Um, I like that it, it's kind of a safe, neutral, everybody's focused on a, the same process. Um, so I do think there's, there's that value in that they get something to practice right away. They really get to see you know, uh, the, the, the tools or the, just the, the mindset or the framework in action. Um, and, you know, I, I think there, it's interesting what your experience has been. I, I don't know that I've gotten that type of feedback, like, oh, this is great, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have this same ability. I, I think part of it is sometimes through how are they facilitated, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if it's facilitated to be set up that, you know, we're working on a simulated situation. This is meant to just help you see that one, this is why it's called continuous improvement, right? You might make, you know, make a small change and see that there, that, you know, time got better or reduced if that was the goal or, or quality got better. You know, you might see those measurable changes, but again, did it fix all the, all the, all the waste, right? Or inefficiencies? And the answer is usually no. So then you might do another round and, and you know, see that, that your needles moved even more so. And so I like that it teaches the fact that improvement work is continuous, that it's almost feels like it's really never done because there's some, the needs often, whether it's our external customers, our internal customers often change over time. 
Um, yep. And so I do like that. Um, I have not particularly got that feedback of, well, this is nice, but, you know, and then it feels like there's this gap. So my experience, I'd say probably has been pretty good. I do think there's value in them. Um, but I think it's also just how is it facilitated, right? Don't expect that you're going to see some, you know, huge improvement um, in, you know, like we've simulated here in this environment. This is designed to be this way. Uh, but the, the real, did you, do you feel like, or do you see that there was improvement? Is there a way to objectively show that is, you know, did you learn right through that? Those are the things that are important. And it's how much you move the needle, you know, and I understand that sometimes the organizations have particular requirements. So I don't want to necessarily ignore that, but it's, it's less about, you know, how the, the magnitude so much versus you made improvement, right? You followed the problem solving approach and process. You engaged others and people in this work and you learned. I think that's a, that's a great answer, Amita, because as you say that, that I think is what was missing from those sessions that that I attended, was that it's really it's it's about the learning that you that you're doing in here about seeing yes you can do can you continuous improvement. It's not about look you know you were in this place of you know when we started this is how bad it was in the study and this is how great it is now. When in fact, if you looked at it, it wasn't all that great. I mean, there was still further improvements that needed to be made. And, and so I, I think you, I think you've really hit that nail right on the head. It is about how it's facilitated and the intention of how you are teaching in that moment. Right, right. And I, I think the challenge is, you know, based on you know, just this idea of every, the people are at the core, right? The idea is, is it, it, we should be uh, learning, right? This is all about just learning and, and building um, knowledge about our organization, knowledge about you know, how do we continue to, to add value or, or really be focused on value um, to customers. But the thing is, right, from a leadership and, and you know, tactical, how do you, you know, how do you measure that, right? How do you really- right. Um, and so I think that as much as that's what I, I truly believe is what is important, I know that often from leadership and just from the organizational perspective, that's not as tangible as, well, show me what the benefits have been from these CI efforts, right? What's the return on investment from whether it's training or doing these project work or, or you know, investing in coaching. And, and that's, I mean, again, it's, it is, it, it, it exists and I understand that, but I, you know, I, I guess there's some other aspects that you sometimes just aren't measurable or at least not, maybe not as an objective. Uh, they're not, they're not as I think immediately measurable. And so if you're talking about is the training and the coaching you're doing, helping people become over time, better problem solvers, I think it's pretty hard at the beginning to put a dollar figure on that. Right. right? Yeah. And if so if somebody comes around and they want that dollar figure for you know, having taken five people and four of them became better problem solvers, you're not going to be able to put a, you know, a really good ROI on that. But, you know, three years down the road, maybe you could, but it would, you know, it's not going to be as, as um, my, some of my friends in, in the county like to say, it's not going to be green dollars. It's not going to be dollars that you can take out of a wallet and count. It's going to be, um, the more like um, sort of the opposite of opportunity cost. Now you are able to address opportunities that you couldn't address before because now people are more capable in addressing opportunities, and and, and that's hard to that is hard to calculate. Yeah. Um, but um, 
you know, we, there's, there are always people in the organization saying, hey, 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 this is important. Don't forget it. But, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing now, Amita? What are you, what are the kinds of projects or, or work that you're doing now? So um, I, I still, I would say a good majority of my time is, is coaching, you know, people who are being developed in their practice CI skill set. Um, yes, some of their yeah. still belt levels, right? It's, and yeah. so I, I will say, right, I still support, you know, green belt, black belt kind of programs. Um, I do teach, you know, I do teach those programs as well. Um, you know, I do have some uh, working with a, a good colleague that we teach programs at a university level and, um, you know, and, and it is more of a blended type approach where we, we do um, weekly sessions, you know, with RCI, you know, practitioners and, you know, yes, we, you know, we do some teaching, they do some kind of self-paced e-learning, um, you know, there is a project component, but there's some coaching built into that. So, you know, I still, I would say I still work and, and support some of that traditional, you know, path. I, I, th I guess the way I look at it is how do I maybe, again, from a coaching perspective, and if I, if, when I teach, how do I just build on that, right? How do I, and how do I make sure I'm conveying everything we've been talking about um, when I do those things? And, and so, you know, in a, in, in a classroom setting, whether it's a virtual classroom or um, an in-person classroom, you know, when we teach concepts, what I try to continue to reiterate is for all of you, this tool may not be, be one, something you might ever use. That's okay. For, for some of you, this might make sense. Um, you know, I would encourage everyone to, to try it sometime if they want, right? If you have an opportunity to try it, and even if it has nothing to do with this project you might be working on, try it. Um, and I, you know, it's one of those, and it, it's okay, try something if you don't like it, or if it doesn't work, it was not the right tool because it wasn't, you know, use a certain graph or a certain type of data, it just didn't make sense. That's okay, at least you figured that out. That's, that is part of your learning. So just how do you convey some of these things and, um, you know, some of those people related skills well, that comes out a lot, I think in the coaching aspect. And, you know, those are the things I try to use questions, you know, to ask like, so how have you, in, you know, gauged your team at, you know, at what point have you uh, talked to these folks or have you brought in your, your leaders? And, and so hopefully it helps people get to think about, oh, I do need to go do that. Cause that's another area. Sometimes I think people get heads down and want to work their improvement, yeah. on, you know, pro effort and project and they work it individually. And it's like, no, that's, that's not really how it, this should be done. I understand there might be some things you might do to help move your, your team along. Um, but really this is meant to be, you know, a, a team-based approach. So just even through that coaching, asking the questions like, okay, so when, you know, when, when did you meet with your team? How did that, you know, what, what did you be, work on with them? Um, so yeah, I work on some of these traditional things. Um, I am also working on uh, more developing um, leadership, you know, uh, programs and, and uh, just wanting to really hopefully um, do more coaching, right? I, I, that's an area I really, really enjoy. Um, I think because in this 20 plus years, I've gotten to this point of realizing it's just about the development of people, right? Mm -hmm. and, that, and that development, again, is yes, some CI technical skills, but that development could be you know, communication, it could be how do they, how are they better facilitators? Just how are they better, um, you know, leaders, right? How are they, how are they better at influencing? I mean, that's an area that I've really gotten to enjoy is 
when you're in a CI role, you're, you have, you're, you're, you have a, a lot of ability to influence, even though you don't have this, you know, any direct authority. So it's, that's really important, right? How can, how do you influence? How do you approach that? Cause that's also another way people get maybe the wrong impression of CI if they haven't been, you know, engaged in a way that um, has worked well. So, so yeah, yeah I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's great. That, yeah, and I think there is this thing that happens, but particularly when people first get like bitten by the bug and they and they see how amazing it is and they go and they kind of plunk it down in front of somebody else and say, isn't this great? We're going to do this. And the other person has not been on that journey with them and they have no interest. They're not going to pick it up. They're going to be resistant. And that very first step of influencing is already, you know, they've somebody, they may have missed their opportunity uh, because their excitement um, is not going to be as influential for some people as perhaps some data or addressing the person they're trying to influence is their, their problems. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that. And I love that, that you're really getting into it. It's, it's, it's about the people, right? And, the, and that doing a project is an opportunity to develop a person, not just to solve an organizational problem. Yeah. That's it. And maybe it's to develop more than one person. And that's really, really cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, what is the one piece of advice that you give to a young person starting out? And you work with a lot of young people, I bet. So, so what do you? What's your advice for them? Yes, I am. I am realizing that uh, you know there's a bigger, bigger age gap uh, between myself and a lot of the people I work with now. Um, so, I, I I think there's actually probably two things I would say to respond to that. Um, one, I think you don't have to be young to start a CI journey, right? I, I think that's something that. Um, I've seen people mid-career, right, maybe in their 10, 15 year plus, or even 20 year plus into their career, they're starting a CI journey. Um, so that's probably the one thing is, you know, you don't necessarily have to be young to start this journey. Um, the other thing is, and um, it's something that I just, it came to my mind is just this idea of, um, it's not about getting it right, right? It's about learning. So with younger people, I think I often feel like they're trying to get it right. Did I use this tool? Did I check this box? And, you know, my advice is just, it's, it's not, that's not what the focus is. It's, it's the, the, the focus should be that it's learning. It's learning your, the, the skill set. It's learning about the process area, you know, that you've, you're, you're attacking from a problem solving. It's learning about the people that you're working with. I mean, there's many aspects of that learning. Wow. That's great. I love that. I love that advice. And, that, and I think that's really, really applicable to people who are, you know, coming in, in through that academic environment and it's all about getting the A's, right? And I'm going to get the A if I tick all the boxes right. But right. what's the point of getting the A if you haven't actually learned anything? So Right. And you're, to your point, right, they met, these younger folks may have been recently coming out of more of an academic environment maybe and now coming into being developed in a CI role. So they're used to the, I'm going to get graded or, you know, I have to do, yeah. uh, you know, get a score on something. And um, so this is a, it's, it's different, but they are, their mindset is still the same, right? Again, how do I do it right? And, you know, the idea is there's not really a lot, a lot that you can say, this is the right way to do it. I mean, there, you know, again, there are, here's a good problem statement. Here's a good goal statement. Here's the right way to use certain data, depending on what type of data it is. You know, here are ways to identify waste, right? There, there are ways that should be, a, you know, that should kind of follow a certain path. 
but even then it's, it's okay that you got it wrong the first time you tried it, because hopefully you learn, you learn something by, by doing you learn, it. You learn something. You learn something. Every time you're wrong, you learn something. Amitha, how can people find you? Um, so thanks for asking. Uh, I will, there's a few ways on my, my company website. Uh, my company is E squared solutions. Um, the website, it's kind of long. It's E squared solutions.biz, B-I-Z. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So you, uh, look me up, Amitha Sherwood, you'll find me. Um, we, I do have a company LinkedIn page, uh, unfortunately not as active on the company page. So those right, are the so best places to, to find me. That'll all be in the show notes. Amitha, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for traveling with me to the edges of lean. And as it often happens, right back to the center where it's all about people. Thank you. Thanks, Bella. This is Bella Engelbach, and I'd like to thank Amitha Sherwood for being my guest on the edges of lean. What are your thoughts and insights about training? What suggestions do you have for how to improve training? We'd love to hear from you. Find Amitha at https colon backslash backslash www.esquaredsolutions.biz or on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn or at leanforhumans.com or comment wherever you watch or listen and tell a friend about the Edges of Lean. Please join me in exploring more of the Edges of Lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelbeck with support from Podcast Inc. This is a Lean for Humans production.